0: There's only one Christmas duck in the known universe, and it's the one from Gone Home. So, oh right,
1: that's not true. Actually, I have a Christmas duck. <laughs> Did you
2: really? Yeah,
1: I have a stupid Christmas duck, Because I saw it in Janelle's parents' house, and I stole it.
2: <laughs> Wait, so that was a real thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a real thing. I learned that that day. <laughs> and
2: then I oh, took, Christmas and then ducks are real. Thing. Yeah,
0: you could there, You could Christmas ducks real. I never heard of Christmas ducks before <laughs> Gone Home. Yeah, nope, Christmas ducks are all over the place.
2: Oh. God, I knew that game was bullshit. Yeah, not yeah, even, it's not, just... even
0: it's not even, not jokes are original. No. Because Christmas Duck is a joke. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I thought like, it was Christmas a Christmas Duck is a <laughs> fucking joke. <laughs>
2: It's October 20th, 2016 This is Idle Thumbs 285 I'm Chris Remo I'm Nick Brecken And I'm Jake Rodkin And I'm back Hi it was, back. It's like you never left though, It's really. like I never left Because I secretly uh, deposited podcasts into the ether Yes yeah, Which then leaked out onto your RSS feeds Yeah I hope you're enjoying this It'll be like fun. when you die You know, they'll just <laughs> Wow
1: It'll just be podcasts forever Someone could just Man, listen to a podcast has anyone think done, about that? has
2: anyone done that yet? like uh what has anyone done what yet any any like you mean like any notable yeah. like, media figure who like ha,
1: oh like like s-
2: queued up like yeah. a year's worth of content yeah just in just like just in case whenever for are <laughs> blessed with
0: this content that he left
1: us
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i wonder how long you could carry on well music out indicate without like musicians will do carry- that sometimes right like david bowie for david instance. bowie david bowie's that, like a that album half, was, but
0: incredible. that album came out before he died right it came out the day he died it was I It was. Think? i don't know but that that's not the same thing as laying down no. years of track <laughs> in the event of your death oh uh there's a couple that, that uh, like agatha christie wrote the final miss marple and the final hercule poirot novels and then put them in a vault and they were published after ah, she died that's pretty cool and because of that the continuity is super fucked like they, i think they were written um with her being like a I think it might have. I don't remember which war it is because I don't know what era Agatha Christie was did this because she fucking (laughs) exists forever. Agatha Christie just like (laughs) slathered all over the first half of the twentieth century. But it was it was a I could die or like you know I could just be blown up or whatever. So I'm gonna put these in a vault and then she died and then uh, as a result those books have nothing to do with the ones that preceded them. Mm. Uh,
2: But wow, she died in 1976. That's so much later than I would have thought. She was 85 years old. Wow. So, wait, was that like during World War II that she did? Like, that was when she would have conceivably been able to I, have been blown up. I think so. Oh, my God. So, those those were just waiting for decades? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: so, she, she also had two years worth of podcasts in the vault, but those are not <laughs> to be released until the 100th
2: anniversary of her death. <laughs> until the invention of podcasts. <laughs> just like, one day... <laughs>
0: a podcast that weird podcast rss welcome to episode one of the
2: agatha that (laughs) that shitty guy who like trolled podcasts (laughs) for several years by being like i invented podcasts when i sent like cassette tapes by mail in the 90s wait really yeah because that was a subscription-based like way to receive audio Uh like broadcasts and now everyone in podcasting has to pay me money and like adam carolla got in a big legal fight with him and stuff because he's a huge podcast guy uh yeah, so maybe Agatha Christie just <laughs> right. like way further predated that yeah. guy by like recording podcasts onto a gramophone in 1922. And,
0: and, uh, oh, okay, sorry. The, that book was actually published when she was still alive. But uh, it was like right right towards the end of her life. She I said, see. take it out of the vault. But she did have posthumous works. But yeah, no, not quite. Well, so it's not like a Harper quite, Lee sort of uh,
1: not, situation. Not quite as yeah. extreme.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think that she, I think this was actually, she wrote them during World War II and then wanted them to be published before she oh, died. So but she, she, she actually wanted them to be she published. She was waiting until <laughs> the end of her career, basically. <laughs> that rather seems like than like what literal she, uh, from, uh, I, just, okay. I just reread yeah. the first like, couple paragraphs of the history of the book on Wikipedia. And it was about what I remember. But yeah, it said, fearing for her own survival in World War II, comma, and wanting there to be a fitting into her character she wrote the end, so she wrote the she wrote the final novels of her two main mm-hmm. characters, like in the prime of her career, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. It didn't mention the podcasts on Wikipedia, though. Right. Well, she pulled a Kafka and said, "I will invent these, and then they must all be burned uh, upon her death." But in, unlike Kafka, her assistant didn't rescue them all. They said, "Wow, this is a terrible medium," and they just destroyed <laughs> them all. <laughs> she was right to want these to be burned. So, but yeah. she went out
1: and, uh, you know, bought a lot of Harry's first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or, That's true. Like she, a, had a she had a very wanna...
0: fine yeah. like shave. <laughs> what a deal on me undies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: why they're called that. Yeah. Uh me undies are a reference to Agatha Christie's classic pirate accent. <laughs> mm. She's what a deal that? on me undies, <laughs> she said. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we forgot what how we to do a video game yeah, video game yeah, we, we podcast in the last three weeks. Wait, what's not, this about again? We huh? might as well be preloading content because this has nothing to do with anything. Like this is this could be just <laughs> Let's put talk in a about stupid, stupid the fucking future. Let's stupid stupid talk about the future. Virtual, oh, virtual reality. Yeah.
0: I guess that's not actually the future. I guess it's like a Kickstarter from it's, two or three years it's. ago. <laughs> also invented by Agatha Christie, weirdly. They only published Curtain after she raised $30,000. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to write the last book of my career, but none of my publishers will let me do it. Only you can help me. It's
0: only going to cost thirty grand. Right. She had to print so many more copies of that book than she was expecting. She <laughs> had to change so
1: uh, many character names all to, those to, t- t- <laughs> to be <laughs> Oh,
0: man, it turns out that it was almost, it was barely break even because she didn't anticipate how expensive T-shirts are to manufacture. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirts with Hercule Poirot's face. right? Yeah. <laughs> Saying, have you read Curtain? Sorry, that is a very specific reference. What is to that? Every Agatha Christie reprint in like the like five years after the publication of that have a picture of Paul Rowe on the back saying, have you read Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> What? Because it was like a big deal in uh-huh. the 70s that they were publishing the final one of those. Right. So they like just slathered God, every mystery the deepest book with that.
2: Cut I love that you made that joke as though anyone would <laughs> get it. No, it's because, you know neither- why?
0: It's because I know there are plenty of people who have parents who have a shitload of Agatha Christie books who they read as a kid because that's how almost Everyone reads Agatha Christie books I actually all... read a
2: bunch of Agatha Christie books as a kid But I don't remember anything about any of them Oh well someone will have ref-
0: known that before I said it yeah. I guarantee it At least one person did. <laughs> That's for you Kickstarter backer <laughs> of that, the that overlap
2: Christie. Yeah that overlap between Idle Thumbs Kickstarter backers And Agatha Christie <laughs> Kickstarter backers Or children of Agatha Christie Kickstarter backers <laughs>
0: It's probably higher than you think. still
2: retain the deed to their parents? I get the Christmas. Let's be honest here.
0: We're sitting in a room with a bunch of fake oil paintings uh, <laughs> that is that is then also fashioned to look like a room out of a movie adaptation of a John le Carre novel. So I feel like we're living in a sort of meta parlor room right now. I feel like that's the crossover true, yeah. is high. Anyway, virtual reality.
2: Playstations. Also, thanks to our real Kickstarter backers, because you're the only people invested enough in this stupid thing to still be listening after us not mentioning a single. Video Jesus to Christ! I keep I crying. That. That. I don't know
0: about that. And then I keep ruining VR. it. Nick, I hear that a PlayStation <laughs> virtual reality
1: headset came out this week, and you played with it. I, uh, <laughs> I, or did it play with me? Oh, oh I, shit! Uh, yeah, I, pl- I played that thing. I bought it. I don't know why I bought it. Uh, <laughs> I thought because eh, it's the future. It is the future. No, I, it's weird. I don't. People it, seem to like it. You know what? I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I
0: found that to be the case as well. I don't own one, but so we've had one in the office for a yeah, while.
2: I also liked it a lot more than I thought I would based on having it in the office.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I kind of expected to hate VR. Period and i feel like and I, and now that i like it do you feel it, guilty that you like it no I, I don't feel guilty i i i kind of do feel like it probably is some early version of the future of all this garbage and it makes me really sad but um no like i do i think i think i think like there are things about it that i realize now are are grossly probably like some pre alpha version of of what video games will eventually become and i hate it but i like it and also um, <laughs> the other thing I will say is that, uh, I didn't anticipate the, well, two things. So like the, my takeaway, my takeaway top line feeling about like what this device is going to be in my living room. I kind of assumed going into it that I'm going to spend whatever the 400, $500 that I spent and it will just be like the device that gathers dust in a year from now. It'll be a new guitar hero guitar. Well, so that's funny you say that Jake, because I was actually going to compare it to rock band, which for me though... I will still pull out occasionally, like really, <clears throat> occasionally, and play a rock band, uh-huh. like maybe cool. like you know once a yeah, every six months or something. Yeah, because I just because you fun. just love rock and roll. I I love I love <laughs> rock and roll, and uh, that's I also love virtual reality. No, like so I I actually think I I just assumed I guess that I you know. <laughs> I would play it for a week burn out on it and be like oh that was kind of interesting but like th- this is it and I'm done with this device I actually think it's probably something that I'll bounce back and forth on like I think um, I think the uh, the thing I the other thing I didn't anticipate is that um, the output from uh, the device to the television the fact that it's d- displaying like a 2d version of what the person's actually seeing um, makes it a much more social thing than I expected like Actually, just watching, spectating uh, it is actually fun. I think. spectating or is can fun. In, in, It can be in the be. right game. Yeah. It can be. It can be at the right game. Um, and it's it's something I'd heard from people who owned like a Vive or something. They're like, oh, actually, it's really fun. Like just watching people play it. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, is it though? Like eh, I don't know about that. Uh, is it really worth spending all this money to watch people play a weird virtual reality game? Um no, I don't it's know. fun to
2: spend all the money to play it yourself and then make the other person watch it.
1: Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I spent a lot of time watching Janelle play this thing in the last few days, and it's actually it's it's fun. Um I think uh I also didn't realize that there are a couple of games that that allow the like person who's not in VR to participate, which Jig, you and I were like tweeting back and forth on this, but that's really yeah, interesting. It's,
0: it's a thing that is it seems like it's, it's technologically been possible always, but it makes a lot of sense for a PlayStation because yeah. there's DualShock controllers plugged right. into it. Uh, I'm sure it's really expensive because you have to render yeah th- uh, like three cameras because you have to render left, right eye and the TV. But yeah, yeah. like there's a, the PlayStation VR version of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which is the bomb defusal game where one, per- one person is in the headset looking at a bomb And the other person in the previous, in like the Vive version, just has a printed out version of the manual. The Mm -hmm. PlayStation VR version of that, you can browse through the instruction manual on the TV screen using a DualShock, which like is a simple simple example of that. But I think that's also like, that's a good good use of that. But I mean, I imagine that there are people who are doing asynchronous multiplayer stuff far more elaborately than that or who could.
1: Yeah. I hope I hope that they do because it's a it's a good idea. I imagine like stuff like that Star Trek bridge simulator thing. I'm imagining that that will probably be supported in some way outside of VR because how are you going to get that many people together with a, with a VR headset? You know, it's just I don't know. It's a that's a weird the thing. The PlayStation
0: to... Network, Nick.
1: Oh, right, well, that's true. I don't know. Anyway. so wh-
0: what what did you actually
1: end up playing? I played a lot of stuff. I okay. Pl- I played um no, I, I did. I I, well, I mean, the, the other smart thing they did is they shipped a demo disc, which is like... Classic. Classic, like, early Wait, 2000s. Yeah, yeah, an actual nice. demo disc. Uh, I downloaded it from the PSN, but, right. I, but I still have the disc. Um.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not, Im- I'm not impugning your not I'm saying I could put with- that disc in there, All right. All right. and it would be a Dreamcast. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs>
1: um. No, they shipped a demo disc, and it's got pretty much every... Launch game in some. There's no, there's another. no Hypercube on that demo disc. The, uh, I think there is. There is not. Did you play really?
2: it? Really? Why do you have to think? Did you play Hypercube?
1: I bought it, so oh, I don't. Okay. I don't. I didn't buy. I. Yeah. I, eh, I think. I think it's on there, but okay. maybe not. Anyway, whatever. It's got all the stuff. Um. So I, <laughs> I'm gonna settle this dispute while you speak. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so let's see. I played job. I, I bought and and played Job Simulator and Hypercube. Hypercube we've talked about on the podcast. We've talked so about Hypercube a yeah. lot. There's yeah. n- there's no reason to really go over that, but it is really good and I'm, you know, I'm playing it a lot. Um Job Simulator I had never played and heard a lot about that game. Uh it's longer than I thought it was. That it's it's There's it's a lot actual, of jobs in that There's job a lot of simulator. jobs in that Job Simulator. I don't know. Have we talked about it on the, I I can't remember if we talked about that game on the podcast. I, I don't think I we th- have. I might have talked about it a little bit cuz I played yeah. it on Vive. I imagine it's the same game. It is the same game. Um, you know the thing that's surprising about PSVR?
2: Wait, what is job simulator? Also okay, so, Hypercube's not on
1: the demo disc. Oh man. <laughs> um, I knew that. Yeah, I know. I should have known. Uh, I should have known that you would have known. Um, the <laughs> I'm
0: aware of the contents of the demo disc, Nick. <laughs> Let's just say that a demo disc That's- shipping in 2016 is notable <laughs> enough news great. that one should learn its contents. Uh, <laughs> Especially Jake Rodkin. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll no,
1: I should have known that Jake would know. No, uh, I don't actually know what else is on it. I just uh, know Hypercube. <laughs> Jake,
2: Jake, who is excited that next week will be Idle Thumbs 286. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> an, an unintentional <laughs> reference to the Intel microprocessor.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I didn't expect that, that it would actually uh, – that, that PSVR would do as good of a job as it does at tracking um, within a space as opposed to, like, just staying fixed in a in, – you know, keeping it, your feet It seems fixed to do a position. really bad
0: job if you have a little bit of light leaking into your room. But if you have a good space, it does do a surprisingly good job with the yeah. the, the PlayStation camera tracking all the dots on the headset plus whatever other, like, motion, motion like, sensing yeah. accelerometer shit it's got in it. Yeah, Job Simulator is – uh.
1: It's a job simulator. It's, mm.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a total comedy.
1: Yeah, g- the premise is what? Goof, that, that goof it's, game. In, in it's the, like the future and it's it's a simulation of like what people used to do yes. in jobs now that there are no jobs. In
0: the, <laughs> in the future, I think also just robots have entirely replaced people and right. the notion of, of having a day-to-day job
1: doesn't exist.
0: So there's these sort of robot amusement parks where robots can be customers or employees and you're... Playing an employee, so you can be like a short order cook or an office worker or whatever. And uh, the the one that I played was the short order cook one where robots will come up and say, I want a pizza, and then it tells you a pizza is bread, tomatoes, and cheese. And then you can open up there's a refrigerator that you can open, but you can also flip a lever, and when the door is closed, it switches to different contents, or like the stove can recede Mm -hmm. into the ground and be replaced with a sink. Like, the idea of it is. They give you a shitload of equipment and ingredients uh, that all fit inside of a like room-scale VR space. So you could just sort of pivot around yourself, and there's all right. sorts of stuff. And the contents of the room, as a sort of wacky machine, can change. Sure. Uh, and everything's physics-based, so you're sort of throwing shit around and kind of slapping a bunch of garbage into a microwave that then turns into a pizza, and then a robot is dissatisfied with the food that you made. Um, right. And it's... Uh, I was expecting it to be a little bit more manic than it is. Like, yeah, I was expecting I was too. it to be a little bit more like get into like It's fairly controlled. Getting into yeah. like a WarioWare plate spin thing, but it's more just I think I don't know. It's 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 a one of those very clearly intro to VR experiences where the fun of it is just oh i'm in a space that yeah. couldn't exist in real life right. doing physics things and sort of making wacky jokes happen through combining stuff
2: mm-hmm. can you can you stream uh place to, i should know this yes. but can you stream yes. ps4 to twitch yeah what happens when you stream one of these to twitch does it just show the, the, the stuff 2D. it on shows the, it's the, it's
0: the 2d stuff it shows which right. i think is a rendering of one of your two eyes uh then okay, right. like, stretched back so out it, to it be wouldn't TV. show
2: like the alternate asynchronous thing or whatever right because isn't there weren't, I mean you guys were saying that like they can I'm not sure actually how that works <laughs> in a game where the VR yeah, player know.
0: and the TV player are seeing two different things I haven't played any of the games that do mm-hmm. that Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm not sure how the fuck you would stream that because I know yeah. or at least I'm pretty sure when you stream PSVR stuff it doesn't stream the uh, the like viewport like the the heads the headset right. stuff I think right. it just streams 2D so you might when,
2: when you do stream PS4 or just with any game do you do you get voice input and and like a visual camera feed or anything? I think or? you get a camera and voice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, should yeah. stream this shit to the Adult Thumbs channel. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I should. Yeah. I did play an asynchronous We're, thing. We've um, been very lax on our yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Twitch channel recently. Uh, 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 that's not entirely
0: true because Sean has been playing a ton of Dota on there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Cool. Is he
2: still doing that? Yes. Okay.
0: Every couple of nights, there's Late Night Dota with Sean Vanneman on the Adult Thumbs Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we well, so we should try to also get back into that soon. Oh, it's also worth pointing out that if you are an Amazon prime oh, customer, I yeah, forgot about this, oh, uh, yeah. Twitch was bought by Amazon last year, I think, or early sometime this year, sometime in the last, in, in recent times. And they've recently now rolled out a thing where, uh, the notion of Twitch prime exists where if you're an Amazon prime subscriber, uh, and you link your Twitch account to your Amazon account, you get a, bu- a bunch of extra things. But one thing that you get is a free subscription. So if you want to become an idle thumb subscriber and you don't want to pay for it, um, but you do have Amazon Prime, but you do have Amazon Prime, you can you can become a thumb sub and support our Twitch streaming for a month for no cost just by already paying for Prime. So yeah, I
2: think you can do it every month. You just have to manually re-up right you it can, each every
0: month. every month you get a free sub token basically. Yeah. Did you play the Batman game? Did you play the Batman VR game? I did play the Batman VR. Okay, game. okay, <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Batman VR for a second. Okay, um, about Arkham VR. I guess it's called. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's either made by Rocksteady or is made in conjunction with them because it has the aesthetic of the uh, yeah. of the Batman Arkham Asylum stuff. <clears throat> but it's. It's you don't do any of the things that you do in the Arkham Asylum. No, in the Arkham, you games. really you, don't. What well, you do? You do all the other Batman stuff. Actually, yeah. I I was surprised. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this fucking stupid Batman VR thing. Yeah. Partly, par- partly because it's hilarious.
2: It is hilarious. Partly because it's kind of good. So you- the only thing I've seen of it is a video of a guy looking in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, <laughs> that's, okay. That's, so
0: that's that is that's,
2: that's part that's that that actually the,
0: I'll get to the mirror thing in a sec because I think okay, that is em- okay. it's emblematic of everything that is that is good and stupid about the Batman VR thing. <laughs> The Batman VR thing is, you you start off as Bruce Wayne and Wayne Manor, hang out with Alfred, which is fucking hilarious because you can touch Alfred's face. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, someone from man, I is think there it, haptic feedback. No, <laughs> oh can maybe you the, feel
2: his pores. I don't
0: know. You can't. You, I hopefully there's just a little like, like did Alfred shave? You can figure <laughs> right. it out. Uh, <laughs> He's the world's greatest detective after all. It's it's a really darky Batman simulator, but I found it really enjoyable. Like you you're first sitting at a uh, oh well there's. There's bullshit. They show you B- Bruce Wayne's backstory that is, yeah, because yeah, you can't yeah. there, is, there is
1: some bullshit. even a VR but...
0: experience <laughs> yeah, that's like 20 it, minutes long of it. Batman, you have to see his parents be killed in the alleyway. <laughs> but you're a kid, which is hilarious is because you're Guinness,
2: short. Is there a record for like most like parents of fictional character killed most times in, right. in popular media?
0: Uh, that that's one of those Guinness World Records that would be introduced just to put Batman into the Guinness Book of World Records. Right. Yeah,
2: that win partnership with DC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: <laughs> So whatever you see, his parents killed. But it's kind of hilarious because you're like three and a half feet tall in VR, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good weird
2: experience. Oh God, you see them killed. You're, you're a there.
0: Child oh yeah, you're the POV. You're, you're the kid. You're a little yeah. Kid. But then it gets Jesus. then it gets good because you're sitting at a uh, at a piano in Wayne Manor. Can and, you
2: then like look at your own hands in like oh my God? Yeah. You first you... you
0: could dip them in the blood of your parents, then look at them, <laughs> and then think that you did it. You could alter Batman's lore in VR. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, you tinkle <laughs> on a piano in VR as uh, Bruce Wayne, and then the seat drops down, and you're in the Batcave, and you dress yourself as Wait, Batman. Wait, as
2: Kid Bass? No, no, you're Bruce Wayne an adult now. Adult? You have okay. manly hands now that touch the when you said Alpha's that, face. I was thinking as, like, child Bruce Wayne. I thought you meant tinkle, like, pee. Remember when child Bruce like, when Wayne he, like, found, found on the, the, the Batcave?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, t- he went tinkle.
0: It's, I, don't even, I don't even know how to talk about this stupid thing, other than just to describe all of it, but they, they do a very good job of... Of a sim of like it feels like it feels the closest to me to a theme park attraction, uh, version of VR where the production values are incredibly high. It looks it just everything looks more expensive than I would expect a PlayStation to be rendering in VR, and the combination of sort of cinematic flourish and experiential detail is very high. Like the Wayne Manor room that you're in feels really opulent and well rendered and then the goofy shit of just you can just mash the keys on the piano with your hands and it doesn't fucking matter what you press but then the piano bench lowers down into the floor and it's just the most elaborate garbage and then you go through a sequence where it makes you like put a batman cowl onto your own head by picking it up (laughs) and then touching it to your face uh and it's totally dumb but it also just looks really good good. Mm uh they do a a thing that i think is when i look down uh, you, you see just a floating Batman utility belt, which seems fucking stupid until you realize that what it actually makes you do is pick up all of Batman's tools and affix them to the belt. And uh-huh. then whenever you need them in the later parts of the game where you're moving around the world and investigating yeah. a murder, you can actually look down, you can actually like just, w- through muscle memory, pick them up off of your belt and use them in the places that it had you put them. But the, also, the, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'll get to the mirror real quick. Which yeah. is
1: the, the oh, what, Nick? No, I just I like the fiction of because this game has movement, right? Like this, is, like a lot of VR games, they just like sort of cutscene you from spot to spot, you know, in terms of like your place in the world. But this game actually has you like going to waypoints. But I like the fiction that like every time you're going to a waypoint, you're using that like the grap- little like the little the stupid hook Batman thing. grappling thing. Yeah, hook that it makes the noise and, and it's just yeah, yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. They, That's
0: cool. they did a good job. The yeah. the stupid the end of the suit up sequence. After you, it's made you put on the gloves and the equipment and the mask. Uh, is that then a little like futuristic, cheesy Batman robot on an arm goes and shows you a mirror and you look into it and it's Batman and it, uh, and it's the dumbest. <laughs> no, shit. but you're Batman because it's you. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's I'm you Batman. Out of you your say eyes and seeing <laughs> the reflection of Batman after you put the stupid costume right. on. It's surprisingly effective at being like oh I am actually this character and also it's ridiculous because a fucking futuristic robot arm swung a mirror in right. front of you so you could check out your Batman costume and then it's 3,000 times ridiculous because you can change your left and right hand controllers into the opposite hands and then Batman just gets <laughs> fucked up yeah. Like, and you can make him do a fucking dance and stuff right. but it feels like a, it does feel like a theme park attraction to me where mm-hmm. sort of the cool presentation and the fiction that you know you're meant to experience is existing in your brain at the same time as you knowing that it is completely artificial and also that your presence inside of it can kind of fuck with it, and like, it, right? It it uh, I thought it was actually really successful, even though it was also really stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you go and there's That's... a murder, and you can sort of poke around and do weird Batman forensic stuff. And uh, I don't know. It like I was also glad that that was there, but I didn't get very far into that stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. To me, all of these games feel like they fall into one of two categories. Like they're either focusing on being just sort of a very gamey game. Thing That is just like hyper focused on just like basically something that you could just play in 2d and it's just good or it's this thing that's trying to be like crazy like insane fidelity uh, VR experience and there are really cool moments and then also moments that are just kind of stupid and, and dumb and I feel like basically everything that's trying to be like super cinematic is falling into that ca- like the height did you play the, the London heist demo yeah. so that thing is very much like the Batman uh, game. Like, there, there are some really cool moments where you're, like, sitting at a bar in London and, like, some guy just, like, drops a briefcase in front of you and he's, like, taking, like, a roll of, like, money out and there's, like, a cigarette on the table and you can, like, grab the lighter and, like, light your cigarette and then when you put it to your yeah. mouth, it, like, you know, the, the smoke pops up and, like, he asks you for a light and you've got to light his cigarette and, like, all those moments are really good and then there are just some really dumb – there's just, like, a bunch of dumb shit that you kind of have to wait through that's just not fun at all and then there's, like – there are shooting moments where your hands are, like, holding a gun and you have to, like, put the – uh, clip into the gun that feels really interesting and and kind of like tactile in a way that I didn't expect. Uh, but then it just turns into like a shooting gallery, which is something that games have had yeah, since nineteen ninety two.
0: We're still in a place with a lot of this stuff that feels a, a lot like the like the onset of the CD ROM era of games. Yeah, to me, it's very FMV. Everything yeah. everything is presentationally as cool as it can get, but not in service of any actual surprising right. mm. emergent moments. Yep, um, and it's. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a disappointment, except that there are the the, the sort of more pure puzzle stuff, That's, uh, yeah. or like pure rhythm stuff. Like, I mean, they all share the same aesthetic, weirdly. But like, the yeah. uh, the version of Res is really cool. Thumper, I I've, I've really enjoyed so Thumper's far, game. and Super Hypercube, and like that. What is Thumper? Thumper, Chris, <sighs> you will like this game. It, I it, so it, I think I imagine think.
1: like Audio Surf, mm-hmm. um, but with uh, I guess God, how would you describe it? It's like it's like Audio Surf, but. Uh, with a rhythm. Ele- I mean, audio has a rhythm element, but it's, it's not sort of built into like the, God, how do you describe this game? I guess. So you're, you're actually fighting enemies in this game, which yeah. is, which is strange. So you're
0: what it actually, the- what it actually feels like to me is like the, the complexity of the five bands of a guitar hero yeah. track are condensed down into one rail that has it's a bunch the of different rail. moves that you yeah. have to execute. So you you're mm-hmm. you're rolling down a, a a track in this in this world that kind of looks like psychedelic slash heavy metal album art where everything is yeah. chrome and neon and and weird. But as as the track has turns, you've got to do a bank move into that means that you have to execute a certain controller command. But then you know, or things will come in that you have to duck under or that you have to just do a button press on and in combination all of this stuff right. ends Is up like, uh, ends up sort of vib sending ribbon
1: <sighs> I haven't mm. played Vibribbon ribbon in long after that have you was audio surf? like
2: that was one dimensional or i mean gameplay was just like one dimensional essentially but uh, obviously it's a 2D game yeah. um, but with you know different like you have context sensitive reactions like that probably i mean match what, what, up to a beat
0: yeah what, what thumper yeah thumper ends up being just Things – as things show up on the track, you end up knowing that what they mean is left plus X, right plus X or like tap, 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 you know. And and then your actions end up falling in line with the music and then the reactions to your actions end up sending pulses back out into the beat that sort of create counter rhythms. Mm -hmm. And they also end up by sort of sending things back up the rail that you're traveling down, attacking enemies that are – that you're fighting. So it ends up feeling kind of like a – like – rhythm battle but also yeah. just the the mood of the game is v- very unrelenting and weird like it 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 it, f- it does a good job of feeling like the sort of weird creeping pulsing darkness that, that yeah. album art has
1: uh that, not what i expected it's very it is very dark yeah and and hmm. and and it, it almost feels like um you load up the game expecting sort of like a tutorial thing and then you're in a boss battle immediately yeah. and then it never stops that game <laughs> is also
0: not a VR exclusive game it's also on Steam you can just play right. in 2D just fine yeah. the, oh. it, it, it being on PSVR is only interesting in that the aesthetic of that game is fucking weird right. uh, and you can see it inside of 3D but I, I just played it on yep I I played it on my 21 by 9 PC display at 60 FPS and enjoyed it just <laughs> fine yeah nicely anti-aliased. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a game you would like.
2: All right. Yeah. I'll check it out on Steam then since I can do that currently. I just realized I did play an
1: asynchronous game. Um, Playroom VR, which I guess was made by Sony Japan, okay. I think, um, hmm. is I think a free thing that you can just download off the PSN. And it's just basically a collection of mini games. Playroom mini-games. VR? Yeah. Okay. They did um, a
0: thing called the Playroom for the when the
1: camera came out as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and these games aren't good. They're, they're just kind of they're they're they're, they're not. They're they're not. Did they're, Sony they're really did them
2: all or were they? Because I think it's I know just... Double Fine did a thing. Yeah, for... Double Fine did one for the previous for the, Oh really? Like, yeah. Okay, I don't they did, know. They Maybe did my Alien yeah. buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I didn't really know anything about this thing. I just loaded it up and went. Oh, this is a weird collection of crazy wacky stuff. Um, but it was just like I don't know. It did it did show promise. Like there was one game where uh, the VR person is playing as like a Godzilla character. And then the person on the screen is playing as just, like, somebody running around underneath the Godzilla guy. Oh, man. So, this is, so you're this standing the This up is the giant citizen Kabuto multiplayer. Yeah. So, I'm standing up in the room <laughs> right. looking down at this tiny little person. And then what Janelle sees on the TV is, like, this giant fucking that's dinosaur. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. The game was, I mean, I it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Like, I couldn't right. do anything with sure, that. And there yeah. was no controller in my hand. It was but in her as hand. it's basically so I a, couldn't tech, like, a tech demo of As a tech demo of like, asymmet- what you could do, yeah. though? I was like, oh, yeah. This is really This is interesting. And then there was one where you play as a mouse house but then they use the microphone on your um on the on the uh you know vr wire headset yeah. yeah which i didn't even realize existed um and uh, uh just changed your voice into a mouse, so I'm just like playing it, and I'm like, "How do I use this stupid thing?" And I was like, "Oh no!" Like, oh, no, 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 no. But but like, because I have earbuds in, though, I can't really hear it as well. But oh, so Janelle's losing her Janelle's losing her shit because I just sound like a fucking mouse. <laughs> right. I was so like these games were not actually That's like, so good, good as games, but they did show. Yeah, but it painted a, of,
2: a, a portrait it, of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And so the I, triple P, as I call it, the right. oh the PPP, <laughs> yeah, the point-to-point protocol.
1: <laughs> anyway i don't know what else what else What that's
0: that's a it. lot of that's a lot, that's of, a lot of stuff so I, oh sorry go ahead i think the design of the headset is also very good yeah that's we probably like, should have oh, talked yeah, about it is, the actual it is a really thing. nice piece of industrial you can design. tell that unlike uh the the vive and oculus which are like powerful as fuck pieces of equipment yeah. sony brought to bear their experience making consumer-grade hardware that Probably makes compromises in places on quality, but in favor of it being a very pleasant to look at and actually lightweight and easy to put on VR yeah. headset. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I found yeah. that the Oculus and the Vive both feel like you're strapping in right. to like a fighter jet or like you're a, like a race car driver or something yeah, where yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. usually a handler, like a friend in the room who's helping <laughs> f- manage the cords and like right. put all the stuff on your head, but the VR or PlayStation VR it just goes on your head. Yep. The, the future where that thing doesn't have a cord attached to it is a, a surprisingly... You can see why people think that this will become a popular device yeah. if something is that lightweight and that not embarrassing-looking. They yep. they made it look like your imagined version of what VR looks like. Yeah. With, like, all the lights on the outside are used oh, yeah. for yeah, tracking, really but they cool end looking.
1: up making it look like a fucking hilarious Tron helmet. Yep. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's goofy in a good way. It is goofy in a good way. Um, And, yeah, like, the setup of everything also is just really surprisingly easy if Um, you've ever
0: tried to set up a vive plugging a playstation vr in and having it just work is very nice which is as opposed to like you have to sync five different components to get a vive to work all of which are plugged in through different interfaces or are just plugged into the wall and not plugged into your system or 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 or, or whatever anyway
1: yeah and i was actually surprised with the quality of the like output because i thought you know all right the resolution of the of each eye is slightly lower than the vibe. People were saying, like, oh, it's a little it's a little it's a little aliased. It it is it can be, but but there are games like Batman that are actually that look really good. Um I played the Drive Club demo and uh it looked awful. Uh, and so I think it honestly just depends on the game. Because there there are moments like like um Job Simulator looks fucking gorgeous and like it's crisp and everything looks nice and it just it just kind of depends it's on what targeting they're targeting a lower fidelity than Drive yeah. Club, though, right? So, of course, yeah. of course. But but again, like that, Wayward Sky isn't. And I did Oh, Wayward Sky. I, yeah, I played an early version of that a long time ago, and it was pretty cool. But it's I haven't really played cool. the Final version. I didn't play a lot of it, but I mean, I, I want to. It was I, the it was yeah. the closest
0: to a traditional console yep. game in VR, but I thought that it did a good job. Like it, uh, that game plays a lot f- from a third person point of view. Where you're just a hover you're effectively like a static version of of a Mario sixty four camera watching a scene, and you can click to to path your character around, and then when you get to points of interest, it cuts to first person. Then it works like Job Simulator, where you're using two controllers to manipulate levers and turn dials and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It was it was it's really simple, but really fun. Um, It seems like a VR like if you have a kid who is old enough that you feel like it's okay to put them in a VR headset, uh, which is probably reasonably old because I imagine that it would make a kid's head sad yeah uh, it, it feels like it, 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 I don't know it gets If I thought it was fun in VR but it also had the feeling of something like uh, of like a lightweight beyond good
1: and evil or something Yeah, like that of that era it was nice um, to see something like that where you could imagine that yeah again like being a sort of beyond good and evil anyway thing, but, but before, then looking at it in a different perspective
2: yeah. yes
0: but before I get started talking about the hardware Chris you were going to say something and I interrupted you uh, I'm going to wait till after the break
2: take that yeah. oh so you want to take a break? Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Well, if you not unless you had something to say more about the hardware. No, okay. I just no. thought it was nice looking.
1: Yeah. it is. Cool. Well, That's
2: VR. Take a break then. Cool. That is VR. That was that one time when we were really
0: positive about VR. I still kind of think <laughs> VR is dumb, but I. But
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we didn't really explore Nick your ambivalence about like the 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 sort of cool elements of this as you're playing it versus your like concerns about the future. I don't know if you have any interest in. Well, I that. mean,
1: so on the one hand, like it was much more social than I thought it would be. Right. But on the other hand, it's still like I took a I was sitting there watching Janelle play this thing. And there was just a stretch of time where she was just playing as Batman and she was like delighted. And that was really fun. But then she just sort of like settled into the experience. And I was just kind of sitting there watching her with the headset on. And I finally just like took a picture of her and she had like settled into the typical game uh, position. Oh, this is the classic, just, like, this
2: is Return of the Wiimote. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. she had slu- she was like slouching and uh, had the like insane Tron helmet on with the blue lights and yeah. we were like basically in the dark and I was sitting there with like <laughs> nothing to do watching like Batman run around and she was like delighted, but also just kind of like this.
2: Nick is slumped I, I down right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but but with a, with a with a Joker smile on. You know what I mean? Like just like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then I and she took it off and she was like, "Man, that was really fun," but like, Jesus Christ, this is the future and it's super gross. I'm sitting here in a totally different fucking space mentally, and you're over there. You're literally like a foot away from me. Doing something completely different, and I have no idea where you are. And that—that that is the other weird thing about this. Is like they, the earbuds they ship with this thing are actually really good,
2: and they block out all sound. God, think of how ruinous this is going to be for like college bros with sharpies. Oh my god! It's yeah. Just, <laughs> oh yeah. Just a disaster. Oh yeah.
1: No, I was doing. I was messing with Janelle. I was like, I was just like tapping her on the shoulder, and, like doing a, goofy shit. uh There's yeah. a, a series of vines that Aubrey
0: posts. Aubrey Hesselgren, who's a uh-huh. friend of ours and a programmer at Campo Santo, he um. Every, whenever he's near someone using a VR headset who has disappeared and there are uh, <laughs> stickies nearby he always just draws angry eyes and tries to put them onto the headset <laughs> without I never see without this? the person knowing it so he's got a, he's, he's, I guess there's, he's a, just, there's a like little bit there, but a in, of but they're just the time yeah and they're just that. they show up just occasionally in his in his vine feed but mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's that's that's the most lightweight version of this prank of just just right. giving someone wacky cartoon face uh, when they're not well, and they can't mm. feel it because you can just barely <laughs> affix it to the front of the headset. <laughs> that's really good, yeah,
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's just the next step past a phone, right? And so, already phones have just completely consumed sure. everybody I know. So it's just ugh.
2: So my my like reticence is comes from a completely different angle. I mean, I share that sort of like ambivalence. Like mm. it's hard to know. who knows, right? Yeah. Um I. My ambivalence, and this could be unfounded also, I don't know. But when I hear you guys talk about like being Batman in a thing, on the one hand, it's like that's that's pretty cool and impressive. But on the other hand, it's like one of the real challenges in video games is that you you so strongly relate to the player character mm. that it's hard to actually treat that player character with the same like range of motivations and emotions that you would a character in other forms of entertainment or narrative because – the you they always ha- like the player always has to like want to still be that person and like yes. I don't mean it's like I just you should everyone should be making games about people who commit genocide or whatever I'm just saying like you you <laughs> wow. really are you hmm. really are limited in what you can do with a video game player character because the player has to relate to them so strongly and I'm it feels like that could become even more limiting when the player li- like literally feels as though they're physically embodying that character to the point where like in the mirror they actually are responding in a one-to-one way. And maybe that's not a big deal, I don't know, but that's something that like, you know, I already find like a kind of a, a, a gray area in video games and, and I'm concerned may be even more of like an intrusion on uh, the sort of like the distinction between fiction and um enable like entertainment enabling basically right mm-hmm. well that's
0: the batman thing it feels like I said entirely like a theme park ride and not like a sort of work of fiction that you'd want to engage with in any in any way right I don't,
2: yeah I don't, I don't know if that's i don't know if that's good or bad but I mean right I mean batman all the tip, most a uh, Batman video game is already typically intended like as basically escapism and like <laughs> when you <laughs> power when you're, fantasy but it, it, i'm just saying like in a in a form where like that increasingly becomes the default, or like the thing that is most encouraged, rather than just one choice you can. Because there are movies that are like that too. But it's like that's just a choice you can make. But where when that's increasingly encouraged by the form itself, yeah, right. I'm, I'm just. That's what is so like somewhat. When, when you're
0: deep. talking about this, my brain jumps to what is probably the most. <sighs> I don't know how to say what I'm. I'm I'm trying I'm I'm trying to not be disparaging of my own brain for pulling this <laughs> example, but the um the Kentucky Route Zero
2: have you the do I don't think any of us have actually really followed Kentucky Route Zero, which we should probably rectify. Yeah, I've played the first episode. I really want to play more of it after people's reactions to episode four came out. Yeah, it in, made me really want. To- in
0: between the chapters, they've been putting out interstitial content, which is of different genres and slightly yeah. different aesthetics than Kentucky Route Zero. And one of them uh, was called the Entertainment. And uh, is that an
2: infinite jest reference?
0: Maybe it, it, I don't know. I have not read Infinite Jest, nor have I played all of Kentucky Route Zero. So I'm just going to talk about it on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> but the entertainment is a is a piece, is a first person piece where you wake up on stage at a in a theater that is doing a production of a sort of uh, like Beckett esque play. And I don't really entirely understand what my involvement in it was. I was watching it be performed it's a sort of like limited fidelity aesthetic and i think that i could drink it's been a while since i played it but um it was interesting to me because the way that i ended up digesting that content felt a lot more like uh like reading it or watching something even though i was a participant in it and it made me think that there's the thing that that people aren't exploring right now but there might be space to explore is a VR experience where you're inside of it, but you are not a participant in it. And the, and the mm-hmm. content of it is yeah. not about that your direct particip- direct participation as a character, but you can still be inside of a dramatic work or you can mm-hmm. be inside of a place and a time well, did you... different, different than just playing 360 video, different than watching a
1: cutscene? scene. Like it, I'm sure there's something like... There, there are a couple of things that you can download right now that are that. It's the um, Alumet, I think is what it's called. The, we, we um, God, I should look it up. But it's it's actually made by a studio right here in San Francisco. Um, it's it's technically I think the part of like I think they got funding from the Oculus Story Group. I don't think they're part of that story group, okay. but I think they got funded by it. Um, and you're you basically are just watching like a short, um, CG film, but from the pers- like and, and the perspective changes, but you're watching it from this sort of like, uh, sort of wayward sky perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about this little kid who like walks out on this sort of, uh, uh fairly, um fantasy like uh setting and um he kind of like it's like cold and dark and he walks up and he's like you know trying to warm his hands and then you like in VR you can just sort of like put your perspective down to his level and like look right up into his face or like pull back to a different cam- like you know different sort of like wide camera mm-hmm. angle and so the whole time like there's a there's a part where this kid's like goes onto sort of like an airship and the game like the the game the the film like cuts away, you know. The, the game, the, yeah. <laughs> let's let's be clear. Uh, but the, <laughs> the side of the ship just sort of cuts away, like a you know like Life Aquatic or something, and you can now just sort of like put your face into that mm. uh, right uh, space. Um, it was actually it was cool. It was it was short. I think it was like ten minutes long. But it it is kind of like what you're describing. It's you're 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 sort, you're not, sort you're, of sort of, but not not.
0: I mean, well the the thing with the thing with the entertainment in particular, and why it came to mind, Chris, when you were talking about that, is that my presence i don't remember enough of the specifics of this i just remember by mental state when i when i dropped into the game not knowing what it was like the fact that my character was sitting at this table but the other actors didn't seem to be acknowledging me and the audience was low fidelity enough that i couldn't tell I, like i my purpose in that was not to have agency over it but my presence in it was meaningful in a way that was ambiguous enough that i was asking all sorts of questions as it was playing mm, out like uh-huh. uh, and it was not just that I was a floating camera that had no presence in it, but also what was happening was not explicitly about me. But as a result of that, I ended up wondering all sorts of things about what I was doing there. And mm-hmm. while also taking in the play you were was happening. A yeah, I, right? it was so, like I yeah. thought they struck a, a really cool balance in that like tiny short presentation mm-hmm. that, that made me realize that there's a lot of space. Unexplored in your inside of a space that is kind of a representation of reality, but you're not necessarily just playing a guy, mm-hmm. nor are you necessarily playing a floating camera. I don't know that. Yeah, no, it, that's interesting. It was. It was a.
1: Well, even just the idea of just simply not being the protagonist, not being the guy that somebody is like always staring at you, saying like, yeah. oh, "Hey, this I mean, is this is the right. story it's, now."
0: It's like, a thing that yeah. you can't just keep doing over and over again. Wow! And uh, yet yeah. another one of those experiences no, where you're in could, the world
2: and it doesn't the people n- don't pay attention to you or whatever. Uh, but no, but it could, but that general but it, notion could simply become a template or a genre. Yeah. yeah. Like the, I remember when um, Metal Gear Solid Two came out. Uh, I don't think this game is actually an example of this, but I remember there. Uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, you know, I mean, that game was really maligned, I remember, at release. I mean, I, and I'm not here to, like, either defend or attack that position. I don't really care for the purposes. of What's this your point. MGS2 take? Um I don't really have a take on the game itself. I mean, I I do, but it's unrelated I, I'm to I'm sorry, Chris, that I made you talk about this. Keep going. It's okay. <laughs> Hideo Kojima gave an interview, I remember. So, I don't remember if it was before the game came out, after, whatever. But he was basically saying that one of the things he was interested in trying to do in that game um, was to tell a story in which... The player character was not the protagonist. Like a lot of people were really um, annoyed that uh, Solid Snake wasn't the player character in that game. Um, To me, that has shit all to do with the quality of the game. Like I don't like that to me is an arbitrary. Like he wasn't. No, you play like right in. You play a Solid Snake at
1: the beginning, though. I think yeah, but it's like it's in the halfway through or something. You it's not halfway. It's like that's like like the little beginning.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Um, but like you know that to me is like an is like from a quality standpoint is is totally arbitrary like it really uh, whatever but the interesting thing is the attempt to tell a story about Solid Snake yeah. that is not played from his perspective i don't actually think the game ends up achieving sure. that in an interesting way unfortunately like that that isn't really like i don't really think that comes off but i found that goal really interesting and that like statement I've thought about it ever since I read that interview, which was probably, mm-hmm. you know, a decade ago, whenever that whenever game came out. Um, and I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot to be mined in that goal and intention, um, even if that game isn't necessarily like a, a great specific example of it. And um, the idea of, ga- you know, like Jake, you talking about this uh, this uh, Kentucky Road Zero spinoff thing. Like, it, it's yeah, the idea of a game in which you inhabit a character and you ambiguously, like, have reason to believe that your choices are mattering in the game system somehow, but the system isn't presented as revolving around you, I think is really interesting. Like, that's, you couldn't necessarily always play it in such a direct way as, like, you're literally an audience member in the fiction of a play that's happening, right? Like right? That's that's the that's the version of it you couldn't do every time because that would just. Well, in this, this like year on
0: stage, but I don't I don't oh, know okay. if I'm I i do not know if I'm a performer or a person who just literally was drunk on the stage oh, and they did see. the play anyway. Okay, sure. Also, someone who's but, really into Kentucky Route Zero will happen. Well, I'm sure tell me that my impressions of this are entirely inaccurate, right. but it's just <laughs> my memory and that's, sort of the, the takeaway from. it. I mean,
2: it. like, yeah, I'm more interested in in this sort of just like conceptual possibilities yeah. of that because I think that is an interesting angle to just tell a interactive story for just tell a story from a game in. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting because it reminds me. So, I'll talk about this after the break, probably because this has been a really long. I think this has been a long half so far. Um, but uh, I went to. I was in Japan for a few weeks and um, spent, about a, a, I know, I spent about a week. I know spent about a week, a week and a half in Tokyo and a few days in Kyoto. But uh, a couple of our days in Tokyo, we spent at the Tokyo Disney like theme park resort. Ugh, um, you went to
0: another country and all you did was just go to their Disneyland? Uh-huh. That was the only thing did I you did hamburger? the entire
2: time. I didn't actually. I didn't I know, they really just... have a lot of hamburgers there, which was, which was kind of cool. Their food there was surprisingly good. Anyway, um, they have a... Uh, th- so the, this point actually isn't really, has nothing to do with Tokyo specifically, but I was thinking a lot about just sort of theme park narrative and design because I was in one for a couple days. And it... I was thinking about why Pirates of the Caribbean, which Nick, I know you share a strong affinity for, is one of my favorite, I think is actually my favorite theme park ride ever. Um, and one of the interesting thing about the narrative conceit is that you're like going through a story that you're not participating in. Like a lot of theme park rides are like, oh, you're part of this story, it's happening. That ride has this really weird and interesting way of telling a story. Mm-hmm. I'm already going into more depth than I meant to before the break. Um, so well, I won't let's take talk, a break. I, I won't talk about any other Tokyo Disney stuff, but uh but until after the break maybe. But um but that I think is an example of like this weird sort of like tertiary form of narrative where you're well
1: and you can even make a direct comparison now that they've gone in and added johnny depp to the to like every scene <laughs> but that is clearly the protagonist now of the current version right, of that that's ride true. i guess it becomes a more that, literal th- comparison even yeah even yeah. even more even so before now, but...
0: johnny depp was there the pirates were clearly yes. the protagonist of yes. that ride like right.
1: yeah. uh that's true but i'm i just
0: yeah. and that man pirates of the caribbean is is interesting to think about i i, I not, not that i have any conclusion to draw but just the the way that the characters in it sometimes recognize that you're there and occasionally speak to you, but or they're not speaking to you. It's
2: mm-hmm. that, I don't know. Well, it's not clear. I don't think it's ever made Clear that they're speaking directly to you, right? The, but they're sometimes gesturing in your direction or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, there's also that right. It's also really interesting. I think in that the narrative is legitimately non-linear, not not non-linear in like the sort of I think erroneous way that we refer to branching narrative in video games, uh, which is still linear. you mean it's told out um, of sequence. It is told out of sequence in a way that is very ambiguous and not really like <laughs> it, like that. It it starts in a in a. Nick is shaking his head. You disagree?
1: Well. I mean, I, I I dislike the Johnny Depp stuff, but actually, you could make an argument now that it
2: is in sequence because
1: well,
0: the Johnny Depp stuff they they laid a linear story over the top yeah. of what was way
2: more ambiguous yeah. before. That's not what I mean. Like you I know, st- I know. You start. I'm saying where that ride. Oh, starts, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like yeah, you start yeah, yeah, yeah. in like this sort of dark bayou, basically, mm. and then you and then you go through this like crazy fog, and then you. And then you're in a place where all pirates are dead and everything is skeletons and, right. like, mounds of yeah, treasure yeah, yeah. Right. and, like, just the ruins of sort of debauched, like, villainy, basically. And then you're in a place where actual pirate battles are happening. Right. You're, like, slowly and going back through time. You, and the, yeah, and not then, necessarily because well it's... Well, then you start going forward in time again because then... Right. Then
0: everything gets destroyed by the end of the ride. Right.
2: right. And it's like, oh, I see. What I've just seen is, like, this, this sort of, like, craziness that led to... The, the, it's sort of like the, the, um, Ozymandias thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's like this is now, you're now viewing the ruins of this, Mm -hmm. uh, of this like weird society, basically. And like, it's
0: weird that it it ends with nothing but pirates shooting at each other in a room full of explosives,
2: drunk, (laughs) drunk pirates shooting at each other. Yeah. And then now there's this like Johnny Depp Capper where he's like I'll take this treasure but like we know because we already saw the beginning that he's also dead now and a skeleton probably and like you know i mean so the Johnny Depp thing kind of sort right, that pile of that, that, that room full bit, of gold
1: is Johnny Depp's bedroom uh, yeah. <laughs> so.
2: but but i love i love how like the there's no explanation of that it's just this mm. very like weird tonal thing um it's very abstract but it's also not it's not abstract in a like in a sort of off-putting or exclusionary way it's not like you can't enjoy the ride without thinking about that stuff, but it's just like a really interesting approach to narrative overall that I, I uh, have, I think about a lot and mm-hmm. I, I think would be interesting ground for, for a video game. Anyway, sorry, I already went on longer than I meant. Let's take a break. Video games. This episode of vital thumbs is brought to you by Harry's Harry's manufactures and sends to your door, high quality razors and other shaving equipment. I took, my, my like little kit of Harry's with me to Japan so I could stay nice and uh, groomed Nice while in another country. It performed admirably, I will say. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's no reason it wouldn't have performed any no. d- differently. I will say I really appreciate that their little thing of, uh, of shaving foam is... Under 3.4? It is exactly 3.4 exactly. ounces. Oh, you gotta love They it when squeeze it's as much yeah. in there as the TSA Excellent. will allow. Um, if you go to Harry's.com, that's H A R R Y S.com, Harry's.com and enter the code thumbs at checkout, checkout. This is like a boosted deal here. You can get a free trial set and the post shave balm, the oh, little wow. aftershave thing. Nice. It's like a soothing aftershave. It's not the mm, like stingy, not the harsh. Yeah, alcohol, it's, it's yeah. nice. It's like a nice like little gel. It's, 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 I like it a lot. Um, so yes, they will. The, you get this free trial set, uh, comes with a razor, you get the like uh, cartridge of blades, um, the shaving gel, you get that post-shave balm also. Um, if you sign up for a shave plan, you can just pay shipping, but you get this whole trial set for free. And you need that code THUMBS to uh, get that extra balm in there, which is not typically part of the free trial set. So harrys.com, offer code THUMBS. It's very straightforward, very easy. The website's very simple because all they sell is like this bathroom stuff. They don't, it's not like an entire website full of a million things. It's like literally just the stuff you need for this purpose. Uh, it's very nice and elegant and simple and the products are really nice. There's nothing else There's to say. Else to say.
1: It's, all, it's all good.
2: Harrys.com. Enter code thumbs at checkout. Get that free trial set. Get that post-shave balm. You get your trial. You get your balm. It's all you all need. All right. Thanks, Harrys. Harrys.com with the offer code thumbs. Video games. This episode of Idle Thumbs was also brought to you by Indochino. Indochino makes made-to-measure uh, suits and slacks and dress shirts, um, all the stuff you need to be a nicely dressed man. Uh, they will they will make for you and send to your home. Indochino. Uh, if you go to indochino.com. And enter the code IDLE at checkout. Remember that one, IDLE. Uh, You can get any premium suit for just three hundred and eighty-nine dollars. It's even cheaper than the previous offer. That's a good. That's a good price for a suit that is sewn to your measurements. Yeah, I know. So Jake and I have gone through uh, the Indochino process. The Indochino process. The measuring. Um, Jake, I know that that shirt fit you perfectly. Yeah,
0: Chris and I, it's, I, I got a nice, crisp, white dress shirt. I got to pick the collar type that I liked. I got to pick where, if any, I had pockets. I have, do not have pockets on this shirt, please. <laughs> I didn't. I um, also did not get
2: pockets. Uh, you get to check your,
0: uh, choose your cuffs. Your cuff I know, type. Chris, you went for the cufflinks. I did not. I did. But what Chris and I both did, because um, we, the three of us were invited to go to this, but only two of us were able to go. Um, they they offer. You can m- guess who didn't show up. You can guess who didn't show up. Uh, this will be made abundantly clear in a second. They offer free. Uh, you can you can also choose to get your uh, clothes monogrammed, uh, and they will stitch any any three initials into into the, the clothing into the yeah. cuff of your shirt. So Chris and I uh, have matching monograms that say FNB.
2: B. <laughs> <laughs> I long time listeners to this podcast oh need God. no elaboration.
0: <laughs> How, you just you're just telling me this now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. If you get something and get it monogrammed that way, please send a picture into us. Oh, that's true. Us.
2: <laughs> Please send a picture. Oh man, that monogram is that. so good
0: because it, it, if someone it ever sees it, elegant. they'll just assume that you got a shirt from a thrift store that is somehow imperfectly tailored to you that used to belong to fuck Nick Brecken. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you're in the know and you see that monogram, you know exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. It means that you like Idle Thumbs, the podcast, and mm-hmm. that you uh, don't like Nick Brecken, <laughs> <laughs> or that you love Nick Brecken. Yeah, but it's a tough love. Indochino. Thanks, com. Indochino.
1: Offer <laughs> Video games. I hope the uh, the next time we do a Pax uh, podcast, just the front row is just people in tailored, <laughs> it <In> just <laughs> tailored suits, oh, suits with like oh, with,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone then pulls out their little like handkerchief from right, their pocket, yeah. and it just says FNB, and they all wa- <laughs> wave them at you, and then I leave. <laughs>
1: forever
2: and then the the monogram is proven justified right <laughs> um, so yeah I, I do actually kind of want to mention um, Tokyo Disney Sea which is um, not I don't think super well known but uh, most of the Disney I don't think I'm not actually sure I think most of the Disney parks worldwide have like a Disneyland, and then they also have at least one. Well, they, they have they a Magic have Kingdom, one other, yeah, they, yeah, and then they have one other park at Disney World, as a bunch, but like there's typically one other non Disneyland or non Magic Kingdom park. Um, and at Tokyo Disney, that is uh Tokyo Disney Sea, so it's a counterpart Disneyland, Disney Sea. Um, and uh, it's crazy, it is an amazing piece of design and. Architecture and construction, um, and I, I just want to mention it. I, I, I kind of wanted to mention it be, in part because Jake, you, when you were talking about the VR stuff, you mentioned sort of f- in some cases like the Batman thing, feeling like you're in just like the most expensive version of a theme park thing. And I, I immediately wanted to say, I was in an actual theme park that feels like the most expensive version of a theme park thing um, last week because. Be, being in this park, as especially as someone who like plays and works on video games, was really fascinating because it hits a level of, of like tonal evocativeness that is really crazy. Particularly, there's, uh this is getting really like wonky, but the the two like sort of theme park aesthetic. I actually have not been to that many theme parks. Honestly, I've really only actually been to Disneyland and Anaheim, and now. To, uh, Tokyo, Tokyo Disney. I haven't been to like a lot of theme parks or anything but, um, but it seems to me there are basically two philosophies to like highly themed theme park lands at least the ones that I'm familiar with and they're the Disneyland version which is like very conceptual it's like there's Fantasyland and Adventureland and Tomorrowland and Frontierland but really you could describe any of those as Fantasyland they're basically all these like uh, Very non-literal sort of interpretive versions of concepts like adventure and fantasy and the notion of tomorrow, which is very vague. Um, And the whole park is not really trying to like the park is is sort of a collection of these fantasies and concepts. And it's sort of transporting you in a in an in, a, in an emotional or evocative way more than in a literal way. And then there's the other approach, which I think is currently more in vogue. Like Cars Land, um, Star Wars Land. Right. Uh, which, well, yeah, which in those cases are- Or the are, Harry Potter theme parks. Like, Right. In those cases, which are all literally like drawn from actual specific movies or, or what have you. Um, but they're like very specific places that are intended to actually feel like a actual real place, whether it's fictional or not, um, that you are inside of, like you're literally like in this space place that is ostensibly real so in disneyland all of the lands kind of merge together because the whole thing is this like conceptual vision of fantasy but then in the in this like other style of design each of those areas is basically entirely like enclosed unto itself it's Mm -hmm. like now you're in like the cars land and cars land has no real relationship to um like a bug's land which is you know, next to it in California Adventure. Um, these are just separate places, and you're essentially walking through portals to get to them. Um, and Disney Sea is kind of like that, except that with with one exception, none of its lands are actually based on Disney movies or any movie or anything. They're entirely um, their own thing. and and the only one that is based on a movie, which is um, Mermaid Lagoon, which is obviously based on The Little Mermaid, they don't even call it Little Mermaid Land; mm. they call it generically Mermaid Lagoon. And although it looks very much like the Little Mermaid, they're not driving that home the way they do with, say, Cars Land, or, or I assume the upcoming Star Wars Land. Um, although it is still, it is that one really is the exception. It is really based on that movie. Um, but all the other lands at Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, or they, I think they call them Ports of Call because it's it's sea themed. Um, are, are are just creations and they're inspired by things. Some of them are very literal. Like there's a, a zone called New York Waterfront that is just essentially replicating an early 20th century vision of New York in just the most like direct way possible. I mean, it looks like you're in Gangs of New York or something like it's it's amazing. It it, 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 it feels like how I felt when I first loaded up GTA 4 mm-hmm. and I was walking around there sort of like n- New York- um, like their cartoon version of New York, which, you know, like, and when you're walking around under like an elevated train platform and here, seeing cars go around and before everything is like breaking and turning into exploding, you know, rocket launcher tanks and shit, like it's, you can be in this moment where you actually really, especially if you have any personal um, attachment to the area it's referencing, which I do because my family's from New York, it can be, re- that's really powerful. And being in Sea is like, it is totally like that. Like they really, they spared no expense. It is intense. Like it is very clear that this park, unlike the domestic Disney parks, is it's all designed by Disney. It's all designed and architected by Disney, but it's bankrolled by a Japanese company for whom this park is the biggest thing they own. And so it's clear that it's like their number one financial priority and they sink money into it in a way that, Disney simply does not do in their domestic parks. I mean, this park is built to a to a level of like detail and care and completeness that is un- unfucking real. It's crazy. Like being in the New York section, there are parts where you can't see outside of New York to other lands, and it just—I fe- mean, it just—you might as well just be in that place. It is—it is bananas. Um, also, um, everyone just sort of dresses more nicely, as far as I can tell, in Tokyo. So it's sort of even that illusion is broken slightly less. I mean, obviously. You know, you never really believe you're back in time in New York. But you were wearing like a two sizes too big Darth Vader Mickey Mouse shirt just to bring the American <laughs> Disney experience. That's true. I was wearing a T-shirt of Goofy flipping you off and like <laughs> that just that seems like what all the Disney merchandise is now. But anyway, um, uh, it was just a it was a really like weird and interesting and impressive experience <laughs> You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know. Like, there's so well, many. Like, Disney it's not literally Goofy are... Flippity, the double bird, but it <laughs> may as well be. It may as well be. That's like what so yeah. many shirts they sell at Disneyland are at this point. Yeah, yeah.
0: like maybe Grumpy the Grumpy Dwarf, but like oh, with his God. arms crossed. Well, and like, if you ever want, D- Disney wanted, if... characters have adopted the thing that Looney Tunes characters had in the '90s. I think. Where yeah, that's just true. That's exactly sassy true.
2: Fuck the like shit. Ariel with like Tinker is like like the sexiest bitch ever, and like. The, like uh, like they, they play. I'm serious. That's not like me making a pejorative judgment. No, that is the way that character is sold now on That's a clip For a game jam, <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? No, you're not. No, you're not. No. Um, like I, I'm, not, I'm not like it's literally just true. Um, and like grumpy, like if you ever want, like I mean, you can't play this drinking game in Disneyland because they don't sell alcohol in Disneyland. But if you wanted a theoretical drinking game that would actually destroy you at Disneyland, take a drink every time you see a dad. Wearing a shirt declaring how he's a grumpy dad and there's a picture of grumpy on it because you will die like you will die within 10 minutes. Uh, that is that is like I think if you're a dad and you go to Disneyland, they literally mandate that you wear a T-shirt referencing grumpy and dads on it because that is a uniform. Um, anyway, that's none of this is related to what I was talking about. Uh, but Disney Sea is just a really crazy place. And if you have any interest in like world design or theme park design and you are in Tokyo for enough time to justify going there for a day, I would recommend it um, because it, it just goes all in. It really lets you immerse yourself in another culture. <laughs> well, it kind of does in a, in a sense because like we'd already spent a week and a half in Tokyo by that point, and there are certain cultural norms that are just extended to that theme park. Um, like In Japan, I never really had an experience where I got bad food anywhere. Even like from a convenience store, the packaged food is way better than it has any right to be. And that's actually equally true in like their theme parks, seemingly. Uh, Like food is not, I mean, it's kind of overpriced the way it is in any theme park, but not as much as I think it is in the domestic parks. And also it's just way better in all circumstances, even just like the crappy food court uh, serves a level of food that is just like way more decent than you would expect to find. So there are just like cultural norms that seem to be just translated also there. Uh, but yeah, also I'm a piece of shit for going to a, a theme park when I was in Japan. I don't actually think you are. <laughs> I think it's very good. Um, but it's it's really cool. And like the there are other lands that are not as literal as uh, New York Waterfront. There's like a, there's a place called Mysterious Island that's a direct reference to the, Jules Verne's Mysterious Island. And the whole area is like Ne- Jules Verne, Captain Nemo themed, and is just really beautiful and just really fully built out. Lots of fine detail. Um, it's there's just an uncompromising level, like sort of attitude to the design there that is really impressive and does not feel like it is capitulated to the sort of Universal style. Every single ride is a movie tie-in thing that in, that Disney's domestic parks increasingly feel like they're succumbing to. Where it's just like you can't build anything unless it's just triple tied into some franchise and like there's a resistance to that at Disney Sea that is really Astonishing, like it really does just exist as its own. Cars Land thing. started off as a
0: land as a land that was supposed to be just themed around Route sixty six and southwestern California, and then John Lasseter apparently swooped in. Uh, oh, really? Late in development, and was like, this not- would be so much better if it was just Carsland. Land. It was about cars. I mean, it hmm. already was going to have cars stuff in it, right? Because it's Route sixty six, cars, 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 <laughs> and then they're like, okay, I guess Cars Land. Yeah, I guess we we just we never knew what we were making, but it was Cars Land. <laughs> I I didn't know. And now, that. and then it just turned into literally Carsland. Yeah. <laughs> where it's all cars only. They could have
2: at least called it Radiator Springs. Nope, Carsland. <laughs> I don't even like cars, but that clearly would have been better. Nope. Oh well. Anyway, um you guys want to do some reader mail? I do. Me too.
0: This week on Otto Thumbs we only talk about fully immersive experiences.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Also, I'm sorry. One more crazy thing at Disney that I'd never seen. I'd never heard of this or like, I don't know if this is happens at other theme parks or what, but like, this was a hilarious, there's a guy at Disney Sea who's employed to walk around pretending to be a janitor. Like he's, he's wearing a, like what, like a janitorial uniform and walking around with like a big trash bin on the two wheel, you know, like the two wheeled rolling um, square trash bin. You yeah. know what I'm talking about just the classic. Yep. And, uh, and he walks around with like a broom and like a rag and, and then, and then at a certain point, he'll just stop at a just some point, like on the, you know, on a riverbank or something, and uh, and start like wiping something down. And then just like a crazy performance happens like his as he wipes with the rag. It starts you it starts making like like cartoon squeaky clean sounds. And he's like, what? And he's surprised by it. And he like looks at it and like gets confused and scrubs another thing and it makes the sound again. And it just continues to unfold into this like increasingly hilarious performance where he ends up sort of drawing in people who have stopped to look and the, and when it happens, it always takes a while for an audience to develop because it, people like walk by and are, they like hear a sound and like what's going on. And eventually this like seeming janitor just has like a huge crowd of people surrounding him who he's then like interacting with and like, Giving you high fives, and then as he gives you the high five, a like boing sound happens. I don't know how he's controlling all these fucking sounds because he seems to be using both hands. So I don't just, know if there's, there's probably a, like, there's like a wrangler, from, yeah, watching yeah. from the wings. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole thing is like amazingly impressive, wrangler. and and uh, um, just like ends up really. I, I mean, I said this because you've made a crack about just like we only talk about. Uh, hilar- like fully immersive experiences, but like this really doubled down on that by, ju- by just making it feel like everything in this park is just part of the whole experience, even like it, this guy. It's a living just, world, Chris. It is, it is a living world. <laughs> uh, it was really, it was just like really charming and fun and the guy was like really, timing was, comedic timing was impeccable and uh, just, it was just really clever and creative and I'd never seen anything like it um, in in that context, so. That place is weird and good. It's very, very good. It reminds me of that wacky janitor bit in the beginning of Bioshock Infinite. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. What? That's true? Is Mm -hmm. it? Yep. That guy's in that game. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Reader mail. Hey. Hey, It's time to read it. From the readers. They sent mail. Uh, Chris Stone writes, um, this question is for Nick. Okay. Hi. Does NBA 2K17 account for the fact that the Warriors blew a three-one lead in the NBA <laughs> Finals? Thanks. I love the show. Chris. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Who what was that person's name again?
2: Chris Stone.
1: I hate. I hate Chris. We know what fuck,
0: their fuck Chris. <laughs> we know what. They, yeah, we know what their monogrammed uh, yeah. shirt, shirt cuff says. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we know what their agenda is for sure uh brent Zyman writes um this is a two-part email the first part is a is a really interesting um email about game maker but it's it's quite long so i may w- uh, wait for that um for a future podcast because i think we've gone a little long this week already uh but he also says uh the thumbs do some pretty awesome streams every now and then which i love but we rarely get to see the thumbs streaming or playing together the tiki drink streams were great please bring them back would you guys ever consider doing a tabletop RPG session with a contained narrative as a stream, podcast, or video feature? I could imagine Sean being an awesome game master while Nick and Jake would be doing ridiculous stuff all the time. <laughs> Thanks for the pod, and Brent from Colorado. Um, I don't That idea came up at yeah. one point, I think, for, like, Sean to do some kind of D&D stream. I forget if... That was his idea or someone else's. Sean talked about how he's been do- he's been doing a lot of
0: DMing when he when he mm. was on the episode about the international. That a lot of people demanded, that right? He, okay. That he uh, yeah, run yeah. some games on the stream. That'd be really fun, actually. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that be that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I used to say that we'll ever ever do it? But it would be fun, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, and we <laughs> should also try and do more multi person streams. We kind of fell off of that. Um, those was that was, those were a lot of fun. I would I would certainly be happy to do more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So. Uh, Daniel writes "sweating robot," and then links to oh, I've seen this. Yeah, oh, to a, okay. a lot of a people have sent this to us to an article whose headline reads, "This robot can do more push-ups because it sweats."
1: <laughs> I think that's all we really need that's to say. That's all. That's all. No, that's so gross. Well, how, d- well it's, it's a cooling mechanism. It's a cooling so mechanism. So it's, it, like it, a, it, it has oh, fluid oh, inside, oh, of, oh, inside oh. of it for like hydraulics, I guess, or something. Ah, like so it's it sweats for the purpose of getting the hot water like that out.
2: Yeah, it's what's essentially for the reason people do. For the do same it. reason people do, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's very bad. Well, if you think that's bad, um <laughs> let's f- just let's follow that up with a chaser uh from Heike Koljonen who writes Tieto or Taito or Tieto, I don't know. The first Nordic company to appoint artificial intelligence to the leadership team oh, of God. its new data driven oh, business unit. <laughs> so it's definitely happening now. Like this is really when it's happening, um, the AI called Alicia T is the first AI to be nominated to a leadership team in an OMX listed company, which I assume is a stock exchange. AI will help the management team to become truly data driven and will assist the team in seeking innovative ways to pursue the significant opportunities of the data driven world. Um, so here's a quote from Ari Jarvella, the head of data driven businesses. I am proud that we are the first Nordic company to invite AI to become a member of the leadership team of the new data-driven business unit.
0: This quote is written by AI. Our team is
2: on a mission to make the future more intelligent. Our developers at the new data-driven unit want to test how AI, a technology which is increasingly popular in home electronics, could assist organizations in data-driven decision-making. I'm confident that Alicia T will help us in finding information and making data-based decisions that humans don't necessarily think of and thus perhaps create something yet unforeseen. (laughs) <laughs> he understands what he's doing, but he doesn't understand what he's doing. That's fine. He he's he's laying out the truth uh, of his demise. Like it's yeah, all right he here. Yeah, he's say he's literally saying what's going to happen.
0: This will, for some reason, be printed onto like microfiche, so that in the fallen future, people can go <laughs> to a public library and
2: look up this quote. Right, right. Or it can be dramatically panned over in a yeah. in an mm. introductory sequence. Yeah, to a documentary. Either way, yeah. Um. It's, this is quite bad. Uh, Alicia T's role in the leadership team is to support data-driven decision-making and innovate new data-driven ideas with the help of machine intelligence and advanced data analytics. Uh, technically, the member is equipped with a conversational interface system, so it is possible to have a discussion with it and ask questions about anything. It's weird that they gave it like a clearly gendered name and then refer to it as it. Mm. Those are, like two simultaneous choices that seem odd in... in... More disrespect.
0: <laughs> Did that robot get to pick its name?
2: I highly doubt it. Um, unclear. I will be Alicia T.
0: This is what <laughs> I sound like. <laughs> is that? <laughs> yeah. Let, let I, I my future girlfriend. <laughs> I've made that reference. I, I, I can't not make that reference on this show now, I guess, for some yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> three in three months. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's what robots say when they sign on and choose their yeah. uh, speech settings.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin Parf writes, hello, Thumbs. I've had baby bottle pops uh, before they were sold in Walgreens or CVS, so I don't think they're that weird. There's something that's even more gross and weird than that. From the creators of Push Pops and baby bottle pops is sour flush old candy. Flush flush old? What the hell does that mean? Is that a word? F-L-U-S-H-O-L-U-D. O-U-L-D. Flush old. Flush old candy. Please
0: describe what this is.
2: They have made the same type of candy, but it is a toilet instead of a bottle.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. That's, that's <laughs> all right, what, there we go. Yeah, well, it is yeah, one. Right. It, it is one. Yeah, Nick, Nick, you sounds like what it is. You yeah. walked away last time. Last time we were recording, before I could give you this baby bottle pop. Oh, you know we were. We've all been sent candy many times. Yes. And uh, last time you were given those little sour pacifiers. Yes. There's a box of these gross things. Oh. Uh, and you can have them. You should eat that now. <laughs> I think I want
2: so, to. So Kevin Parf continues. they after, after describing yeah. what They're this gross. is, they've made the same type of candy but as a toilet instead of a bottle. He continues, I will not eat it because I would not eat that in public and I don't want to eat out of a toilet. <laughs> the lollipop that you use to dip in the candy is a plunger. Oh,
0: God.
2: So, I mean, understandable that you don't want to eat this in public. I think there are multiple reasons not to want to eat this in public, one of which is certainly that it is a toilet. Um, it, How,
0: what is it called? <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Uh, sour Flush Candy Plungers and Powder Dip Toilet, although listed on Amazon as Sour Flush Candy Plugers and Powder Dip Toilet. So it is apparently impossible to type the name of this candy without... Misspelling something. Oh, it looks so gross. <laughs> it does look it's very really, gross. Oh really
0: man, bad. I oh, oh, oh Much man. Worse oh, you makes, imagine? It makes the baby bottle so so good so and not, not horrible. Yeah. God, I don't want to. Ugh, ugh. I'm seeing an ad for this. It just says the word toilet with an exclamation <laughs> point, and shows someone <laughs> dipping a plunger in and then eating it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh no. Toilet exclamation <laughs> point. Candy in the toilet. Yuck.
2: <laughs> if candy's in the toilet, you can eat candy anytime.
0: <laughs> this is just trash. Oh, man, it's beautiful.
2: Features and details. <laughs> You're Here. buying one sour flush only! Exclamation point. One sour flush candy plunger with sour powder dip. Look at the mascot in the storefront packaging oh, no. for this. <laughs> oh, no. This is a horrible, like extreme cartoon of a of a person like, it's like a, a madly, weird wacky oh, but lascivious like, oh. candy man yeah, with a huge tongue just like madly dipping a plunger in a toilet with their tongue covered in <laughs> sour dust they seem to be missing multiple teeth um which is an interesting truth in advertising yeah. moment yeah
0: um and it says sour flush underneath him in yeah. wha- in, in the writing that implies that voice anyway we've we've, we've Definitely plumb the depths of horrible candy. Now we're Have getting we? we're getting into the deep. Ba- uh, well, if you know worse candy, send it to questions at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> we'll happily talk about it. Mm-hmm. um We probably won't try it. Although that's the next phase. That's our new live stream series where we eat just shit candy.
2: I mean, there probably is shit candy. I mean, if there's oh, yeah. fucking toilet candy, I'm not going to look it up because I want someone to find it for me it. and send it. In. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Put that poo in that toilet.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway, maybe thanks, maybe. Kevin. I guess. Sour flush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony Butefuca writes, "Hey there, Idle Thumbs. Uh, recently, I started listening to Idle Thumbs, and I really enjoy it. It made me realize how much fun it is to talk and make content with your friends about video games. You made me enthusiastic, and my friend and I are making game content again. I was hoping you could share your expertise in the show. I'm, I and other listeners may be interested in how the show grew to the popularity as it is today. Um, it's different to a podcast. We upload some videos to YouTube." Uh, ga- uh, channel seems to be called games and pizza good. Um, greetings from Amsterdam Charles Cash oh my god what that's a good name um, anyway I don't know if this show is popular I can't really tell <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't really know how it grew to whatever level of popularity it is if in fact it is that if you, if you, I mean, I'm just going to turn this question around. Literally, if anyone listening knows how to like promote a podcast, <laughs> please get in contact with us. Cause I don't like, I mean. if you know how to promote a podcast, please tell a friend yeah. and rate us on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> uh, please write to questions at idle thumbs.net. Right. Uh, why not leave a comment on our Facebook page about how to promote a podcast? <laughs> Facebook.com slash idle Tweet at us about how to promote a podcast. Subscribe to at us on Idol Twitch. Thumbs. Use promo code to help us. <laughs> Please call me. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you, if yeah, you want no, to know I, how to
0: grow a podcast, please go to indochino.com and use the uh, promo code IDLE for mm-hmm. a cheap suit. Uh, then wear, but get the <laughs> I mean, words IDLE nice, thumbs emblazoned across it and then wear
2: it everywhere and tell everyone about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I. in all seriousness, I have absolutely no idea um, at all. Do you guys know? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Sorry, Charles andor. Whatever your other name is, um, but thanks for listening anyway to you and everyone else. You can, in fact, write us a questions <laughs> at at dot uh, That was the
0: most dismissive. Well, off. I didn't I realize know, whatever
2: the other guy's name is. Ah, well, I don't know. No, 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 it was the same guy, but he has two different names in the email. That's what I I, that's what I meant. Uh, Tony, <laughs> thank you, Charles and or Tony uh, from Amsterdam. This is why we're not popular, Chris. Thank you. To, you don't. Tr- you don't. Thank you to our, a listener Charles and or Tony. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a
0: Dutch name the, the, the way to promote yeah. a podcast is to really value uh, your, your <laughs> listeners yeah, and yeah. treat them as real people who deserve your respect whatever your name is anyway thanks for listening to this podcast please uh, use your Amazon Prime uh, money to give us money for no reason please rate us on iTunes for no reason uh, create six YouTube accounts and subscribe all of them to us so that maybe mm-hmm. we can get a lot into YouTube Red this is, this is
2: definitely <laughs> how, uh, online marketing successful. I've heard that elections are
0: being rigged. Maybe people should bring that rigging shit to a podcast oh, yeah. and do it that's, in our favor. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You know, Please rig, juke rig this. juke
2: our stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could like buy followers. That's a thing that that people do. I don't think exists for that. Podcasts Because No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. I the amount that you like, pay someone to, like,
0: download to thousands theme. of more copies, then you're like, hey, me these check it out. <laughs> so many more people heard this ad. Uh, we had to pay more than a million dollars costs to run yeah, the <laughs> ad <laughs> to make it seem like another 20,000 people downloaded an MP3. Uh, <laughs> podcasts are weird. Yeah. Be a Twitch streamer. Don't do this.
2: I, don't know, I mean, I don't know if I would make that recommendation either. Oh,
0: don't do anything, actually. Just play and enjoy video games. Yeah, that's probably the safest. Eh, don't do that safest. either. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Uh, go outside. Do not. No, don't do that. No. The, robot, really, the robots will do it for you. Really, <laughs> what I, I feel like we've recommended this week is that you slouch deep into the cushions of your sofa with a weird white helmet <laughs> on and then pretend that you're underwater watching a whale swim by. Or do the real version of that at Tokyo
2: DisneySea. yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> Do the real fake version of it at Tokyo Disney Sea, <laughs> Or go outside and look at the ocean. Or swim in a wa- next to a whale. Swim next should... to a whale. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Elite s- immersion. You can see why we're so good at this. You can tell our we're amazing broadcasters. <laughs> this is how you grow your audience. Yep. Candor. <laughs> Expertise and candor. Yeah. Uh, write us at questions at Uh We'll try and be better. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. All the rest of our shows are also at IdleThumbs.net. I'm going to just end this this catastrophe right now. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. We'll be back last, next week. We'll, we'll be, be back, back last, last week. week. And more future shenanigans. Oh, God. Who knows? It'll Bye. Be, it'll be next week.
0: Have you read Curtain?